If Sometimes. I could hear, I would have heard you right. spike so out. So glad you could come and witness our argument. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr., and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I'll bathe in you shower water, I'll break the law to bury my compost, and I love my wife. And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. Sometimes my husband drives me so insane I want to break the law, and him, but I love Ed. In this week's episode, we have a lovely conversation with the actor Scott Takeda about bike riding, the wonderful culture of respect in Japan. Storytelling. Storytelling. Hey, everybody, you're listening to yet another episode of Begley Esque. And thanks for joining us today. We're so excited because we have this wonderful guest on the show. But before we dive in, we wanted to share something we got in our inbox. Kate emailed us and said, Hello, I've loved you two since the Living with Ed days and have a question for you both. Rochelle, one of the greenest areas of my life is my beauty routine and I love trying out new products. Do you have a favorite or any favorites that you'd like to recommend? I have so many favorites. This is my favorite subject, actually. They're from the gambit from Tata Harper, which is the high end of uh, skincare from an organic she makes all of her own products in her, on her organic farm in Vermont. They're very high-end to uh, multi-level marketing Arbonne, which I am a distributor of. I love Arbonne. It's very well-priced, great ingredients. I love the company. So if you're ever interested in Arbonne, give me a call. She also asked, Ed, I've never been a big meat eater, but I sometimes get bored with vegetarian dishes. Do you have a favorite recipe to share? Thanks, Kate. Yes, I do. I have some wonderful vegan dishes. I'm going to give you some recipes. Go to fan at edbegley.com. Fan at edbegley.com. Oh, I hope that helped, Kate. Thanks for writing. And if any of you out there have a product or a recipe suggestions for her, or if there's a question you'd like asked, don't hesitate to contact us. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Begleyesque, and our email is Begleyesque, B-E-G-L-E-Y-E-S-Q-U-E at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. So today we have Scott Takeda joining us. He's an actor in phenomenal films such as Gone Girl, which I love, Dallas Buyers Club, which I also loved, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which I got to see. Have yeah, you seen that? No, I haven't we seen it. We got to see that. We're going to see that later today on demand because he's here. <laughs> but he's well, we'll also, and we'll make you watch it with us. How about that? That's right. Okay? Yeah. I hear it's very funny and very good. We backs, love Tina Fey. The backstory on it. He's also a photographer, a filmmaker. He runs his own production company, Takeda Entertainment. I am so happy you're here. Okay. He's won multiple Emmy Awards. Wow. He still plays the trumpet 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 honey trumpet how do you find time to do that so it's safe to say we're in the presence of very multi-talented human being just like you yeah right right yeah i uh barely read is what i do but anyway (laughs) welcome welcome to our home thank you so i'm just going to jump right in you started as a journalist is that correct yes and then you you decided because acting is so easy that you would just do that? Uh, you know, it was uh, one of these things where I, I worked in television and, uh, you know, with it being a visual medium, I had the, at the time I thought it was misfortune. I, I, right now I find it to be fortunate, uh, I had, but I, I looked really young. Yeah, so, he does look do. young, folks, so, okay? So I, it's very fortunate, um, especially in L.A. Yeah, so for me to advance my career in television news which requires you jumping from, uh, you know, smaller market to medium-sized market mm-hmm. to a larger market, I had to advance my career behind the camera. And uh, even though I had trained to be an on-camera reporter, and I had kind of missed being able to tell stories uh, in front of the camera, 
So it always kind of just planted a seed in my head. As much as I enjoy telling stories with pictures behind the camera, uh, I'd want to return to on camera at one point. So Saying other people's words. Now, when you're a journalist, you, you write your own copy. Is that right? Yeah, unlike it is with uh, you know, uh, narrative television or film where you have 20 or 30 people uh, in a crew. In television news, it's often you have two people. You have the reporter and then you have the photojournalist. And sometimes nowadays they've, they've gone to this concept called backpack journalist. So it's the reporter and the photojournalist are combined into one. It's called downsizing. It yes. is massive di- downsizing. Unbelievable. You know, I found that my work behind the camera, which I did for a while, I did it in the late 60s and early 70s. I was an assistant cameraman and did a few oh, other sure, things. Sound. Sure, yeah. I, I think it really helped me as an actor. It helped inform me about the technical side of things. And I found that to be a great asset to have worked for some time. Behind the camera, it was very informative. Do you find the same? Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I think one skill kind of helps helps another skill helps another skill because it's we live in a collaborative business. Yes. That's so, the unfortunate part, I know. Yeah. I have to collaborate a lot, and it's not easy for me, is it, honey? Well, you're having trouble collaborating with just one person. That's that person's true. me. Everybody else is pretty collaborative. Sort of that backpack ideal sounds pretty uh, awesome right now. But, okay, go ahead. Sorry, I digress. Go ahead. You but were you saying? have a production company and you've directed. What sort of things have you produced and directed? You know, uh, there's, there's a couple things. Right now, we do a lot of corporate films. So I have clients that need us to do kind of some uh, messaged branding, a lot of business to business, sometimes some business to, you know, consumer type of uh, films. So we'll, we'll do stuff for like some major automotive companies or some major pharmaceutical or, you know, computer companies. And then we also do, we've started to get into narrative filmmaking as well. So uh, we do some short films. We've got one right now in post-production that I, that I wrote and are you directed. Uh, you know, I am not the star. Oh, okay. That's, that's, uh, that's did a you really, write yourself a part? I least? did write myself okay. a part, yeah, as well smart. as my mother and my... <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Keep it in the family. And exactly. Like, like, no, do you live here in L.A.? I, I split time between L.A. and Denver. I like to joke that I live on a jetliner because I'm flying all over the place to market to market. Do you live in Denver proper, outside? I live of, actually in Denver proper, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice community. I lived in Boulder for a while, and I oh, spent a certain yeah. amount of time in Denver. It's a lovely city. Yes. Now especially, more than ever, since Tim Worth and others and all of you have cleaned up the air in Denver. It's much cleaner now, as you probably know from a few years ago. It is ago. much cleaner. The, much the, better. The it all worked. All is, the stuff we'd hoped would work, worked. Yeah, the brown cloud is, uh, is, has gone. lifted. Yeah, yeah the same with L.A. It has not completely lifted, no. No, it hasn't completely lifted in L.A., but it's so much better. In L.A., our success story, it's similar to yours. We have, in our case, four times the cars, millions more people, but a fraction of the smog. If we had just held the line and had the same amount of smog, we'd go, damn, we're good. But we didn't do that. We pushed it back and all the stuff we hoped would work, catalytic converters and combined cycle gas turbines and spray paint booths, it all helped clean up the air in L.A. and similar stuff in Denver, I'm told. Now, yes. were you a part of that cleanup or were you in... In well, everybody and, participated, yeah. everybody in the city. Maybe it was even a more official part of it, That's but what everybody did what they, <laughs> they suggested. There was different things that people did, lots of different things, and everybody pitched in and did it. Yeah, um, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about with Senator Tim Worth kind of happened at a time period where I was kind of building my television news career, so I was actually not in Denver at the time. Oh, okay. I was just hopping from market to market outside of Denver. He's a nice man. Do you know him at all? Have you met I him? I have met him just in very, very brief pieces here and there, but he seems very, very nice and genuine. Wound yeah. up working at State. He worked at the State Department, too, after he was uh, 
had a position in uh, in, in Colorado. What kind of, where, what markets were you? He was in? a senator. I started in Pocatello, Idaho. That's oh, great. Really? Market one sixty. I think at the time it was the um, smallest television market that still had three television affiliates back when there were only three television yeah. networks. Right, I remember those days, St. Elsewhere yeah. days. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, went to Toledo, Ohio, was, had a brief stay in Denver, then went to Philadelphia, and then uh, went back to Denver again. So no more journalism in that way anymore. Is that Now you're an actor. You know, I, I have kind of returned to stills because hmm. um, I first started as a still photojournalist. So I do kind of more of an art photography now. So... People can see my work at scottdaquettaphotography.com. So I still do still work. Right. It's not obviously for newspapers or magazines. So it's for myself. But yeah, no longer in the newsrooms anymore. Do you, have you had a show like at like a gallery or someplace like that? Have you? Oh sure. Sh- oh, Great. Yeah. I want yeah. to see. Uh, put me on your email list. I want to come next time you're having a show. I want to see your work. The last big show I had was in Split, Croatia. Huh? Really? I'll, I'll go. I I've love been to travel. Split. He hates traveling, but I love uh, it. But I was there in the 80s on the coast there. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, Dubrovnik and Split yeah. and the beautiful there along beautiful. the coast. yeah. Okay, so you've been in some really great films. Now, you don't just like go, okay, I'm a journalist and oh, I think I'm just going to act now. So how did you transition? I mean, did you take classes in Denver? <clears throat> sure, sure. Well, it kind of started a little bit when I was uh, moving from the Denver market as a television journalist to Philadelphia. Because at the time, they were about to shoot Die Hard 2 and a Steven Seagal film. And so the, the, the radio shows were talking, you know, hey, you know, come on down to the downtown Hyatt and, you know, having open casting for extras. And I, I remember just about to leave for Philadelphia going, well, that'd be kind of fun. Really? Oh, I'd love fun. to be in an extra on okay. a film. Great. Yeah. And so it kind of planted the seed a bit. And so after coming back to Denver permanently, um, yeah, I just started doing some acting workshops and really it was just more, more than anything else to be kind of a voiceover uh-huh. actor. I didn't see myself being on TV. I think uh, from an image perspective, I didn't see Asian males. Well, on. you're in vogue now. <laughs> you, there's a lot, there's My, more than ever. Is there a lot? I don't know about that, but there's definitely more opportunity now than ever. Sure. And so uh, uh, things just kind of evolved. I started doing, you know, local commercials. And then then I just got lucky and I started booking some, you know, network and studio type of projects. Fantastic. I yeah. think I might be going to Denver. That might sound like a good idea. You know, smaller, bigger you, fish, smaller market. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you got to get, you know, whatever. Just take six months or a year, honey, not a long <laughs> period of time. But we'll communicate by phone. So what we were reading is you, you've, been, you've dedicated your life to telling genuine uh, stories about genuine people. Yeah. What, what's so compelling about that? I'm kidding. No one can see my sarcasm. I guess it's called yeah. podcast. You know, I, I, I think storytelling is a very noble profession. And it's mm-hmm. actually something that our humanity has done for a while. I think it's something that's innately within us. Yes. You know, they, they talk about... You can see these Roman or Greek ruins, and you'll see that people have inscribed little insignias on them. So the, the, the term graffiti has been with us for a while. And I think this is, or, or even you go to the cavemen and you see exactly. pictures. And so, They're telling a story. Yeah, there's this desire within all of us to say, this is my story, this is who I am, this is who we were, are. 
And I think that's part of what gives us our humanity is to be able to kind of learn that we're all the same, that through stories that we, we can find uh, uh, something about ourselves and something about humanity. And so to be part of this kind of tribe of storytellers, I think, is, is a very noble thing to do. And it's something that is kind of deep within me. So, yeah, p- part of my tagline for my company is genuine people's stories, because I think the stuff that we do, we, we always try to make sure that we're genuine. We always try to make sure that we focus on people. And obviously, we focus on stories. You know, when my dad was doing a lot of live TV, my father was Ed Begley Sr. He won an Academy Award. And he was nominated for a lot of Emmys and won a Tony, but he did a lot of live TV with people like Rod Serling and Patty Chayefsky, oh, sure, yeah. and that was considered the golden age of television. Sure. I think now we're in the platinum age of television. I, I really do. Yeah. With Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould and these wonderful people and these yeah. great shows, Stranger Things and and uh, you oh know all gosh. these shows on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. You know Amazon. Amazon. What they're doing. Uh, Transparent. My God. House of Cards. You, yeah. The list goes on and on. Handmaid's Tale, it's just, uh, it's extraordinary what we're experiencing today, and it's all great storytelling, Yeah, I think so, and I think, you know, telling stories, um, genuine stories by genuine people that people can relate to, and to to have a community that, to really get that we're all the same, and the more you can tell that story, maybe it can, you know, we can uh, possibly heal or come together and not have any more war. (laughs) I, I, I really took that one. A long way, didn't I? <laughs> we were with World you every peace, step baby. of the way, honey. You didn't lose us for a bit. Very it's... diplomatic, by the way. Scott. Well, and I, and I think one of the things that we, we live in this era of social, social media mm-hmm. and... Which I know nothing about. Constant communication. But I think in, in many ways it can be very an isolating kind of world because yes. we're not necessarily dealing with mm-hmm. people face-to-face. We're dealing with them virtually. And I so agree. I think... Coming out of this, being in the platinum era of television, being able to see um, not just three networks of television shows, but, you know, I think there's 400 plus television shows right now. You can find something out there that you can find entertaining and that actually speaks to you. I think that's really, really important these days. Absolutely. In the past, it was just 60 Minutes, was telling the real stories about real people. And now you have Vice. You have a lot of. Vice is fabulous, yeah. Wonderful show. And it's informative. And, you know, uh, that's sort of the goal of this podcast. (laughs) Isn't it, honey? It is. (laughs) But I think there's also, and I'm a big fan of the access to all the wonderful storytelling now and so many things that we can do with our smartphones and devices. But isn't there a dark side, too, where people are spending so much time, as I think you're alluding to, on the devices? They're not interacting as much as they did personally. I want to make sure that we leave room for personal interaction. Here, you heard it. Personal interaction, honey, like we do in this home. Every day, we wake up interacting. You should see us at dinner, both on our iPhones. If we cared enough, we'd text each other, but we're more interested in (laughs) social media. We occasionally, I sneak a look at my device, but I try to be there in the moment and have dinner with you. Yeah, like at my performance the other day, you're on your iPhone. It's true. Well, okay, I know. She caught me I'm... for one moment looking at my smartphone. The rest of the time, I was I was on mesmerized stage singing my heart out with 100 with million. With 40 other people. No, 90. 90 and people. But crammed I on a small her. stage. She was but wonderful. I love I show could, business. If so. I could hear, I would have heard you All right. spike so out. So glad you could come and witness our argument. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but the, we have to be careful. All I'm saying is devices... You know, you, you don't want to spend too much time and you got people that aren't able to even get the right envelope at the Oscars because they're busy with their device. We need well, to... Well, this is true. It, you know, you got to take a moment that, and... But you, you got to be there in the moment, too. 
I, I don't remember the date. I was probably 2005 or something like that. But, you know, I, with, with my company, we would uh, fly all across the country shooting you know, client films. And you get off of a plane, and I was just so used to just getting off a plane, and, you know, you talk to your crew, you talk to people, whatever. And I remember on one particular flight, um, the crew members, the cinematographer had an iPhone, the first iPhone, and I remember him getting off and being in his device, and I had I had never really seen that. And at the time at the airport, there may have been three other people that had an iPhone and were just mm-hmm. into their device, and it was just so such an interesting thing to see. And now you look around, and everyone's everybody's and, doing it. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah. surprised there more. I'm sure there are a lot of accidents. I was going to say there's surprised there's not more, but I'm sure there. Are, Quite a bit. Distracted walking. I know it's a real thing now. People are getting injured fairly regularly with distracted walking. Well, let's hope they're on their iPhones listening to this podcast. At least their eyes will be up. And and they'd be uh, hearing stories. That's right, hearing stories. Human stories. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at anything, you're just listening. There's a case to be made for that. Let me okay. explain. Listening. All it's right, a word, whatever. honey, where the okay, a person so listens to another person. Let's get back to Scott, okay? He did come over. Um, so so you're still acting. What mm-hmm. roles would did you... I mean, what would be your dream role, let's just say? You know, it'd be wonderful to be a, a series regular on one of these kind of you yes. know, platinum uh, age of television types of series. I mean, for me, the, the idea that I would... I'm desiring to be on a TV show on a platform that only a few years ago, in my mind, sold books right. online. Right. It just blows my mind. But Me that's, too. That's kind of where we are at. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and, and to be able to tell some really clever and meaningful and deep stories, I think, is, is fun. I, I, I love also um, shows that blend genres. So it's not just a drama. It's right. not just a comedy. It's kind of... A little bit of everything. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot is a, is a film that I think blends a lot of different genres yes. quite well. I've yeah. heard as much. We've got to see that. Definitely. And so are, are your parents from, are they first generation or they come from Japan? Or? <laughs> Fabulous question. So, yeah, I'm, I'm full-blooded Japanese, but um, I consider myself to be a banana. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a term that would normally be considered to be a put-down um, because it basically means I'm yellow on the outside, white on the inside. But it, in my case, it's actually true. I have a grandmother that was born in Colorado at the turn of the last century. So my family has been in this country longer than my lovely bride, and I married a German girl. And longer than my family. My family came over uh, on a boat in the late 1800s, so I think you might have been here longer than my family. Yeah. Or, but listen, Ed looks more this. like a banana than you look like a banana. Uh, yeah. My, my lovely bride is, is an egg. She's yeah. yellow on the inside, white on the outside, so when we go out for sushi, she uses the chopsticks and I use the fork. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But you, so your parents are full, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. So we're, all, we're, all, we're all from Colorado. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have you ever gone back to Japan and looked into you have cousins or anything there? You know, it's it's fascinating. I had the opportunity to go not really go back because it's not like I'm ever yeah, go from to. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, go there in uh, 2001 and I developed a, a a huge level of respect for my my grandparents because you know they arrived on my mother's side. They arrived in the country um, not speaking a word. So, you know, they had to start up, you know, their phone service and whatnot, not, not speaking a word of English. And there, you know, I spoke maybe 
30 words, and that includes the numbers 1 through 10 and the word sushi and hello <laughs> and thank you. And and just to be able to ask someone, hey, where's the restroom? I was like completely lost. And then I would look across the road and I would see a three-year-old and she had a more functional vocabulary than I did. So, um, yeah, I had a huge level of respect for what my elders had, had to go through. Any any immigrant, what they right. have to go through right. is just very, very daunting. Well, our... Um our grandkids, it's Ed's grandchildren. No, they're mine. They're too. yours too. I right? know, but they speak. So Japanese your grandma, fluent. just so we're clear. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, but our grandkids speak fluent. Well, Japanese. they've gone to immersion, yes. immersion schools, and they yes, go they over do. there to Japan and uh, stay yep. with the family. And it's oh, nice. yeah, it's really wonderful. I've had the pleasure of going to Japan myself, not with them. I went over with Panasonic to see a bunch of solar installations, a lot of oh, the nice. energy efficiency things mm. that they're doing, which is a lot. And that country just blew me away. It's what I expected it to be, beyond what I expected it to be, if that's possible. The level of care and consideration they put into things and the respect and just the way they do things. We went to visit this energy efficient solar township and they were in the process of constructing it. So we drove this bus that we rode around to all these different facilities into this area that's a construction site. So on the way out, they noticed there was mud on the tires mm. and they took these hoses and guys in suits took all the mud off the vehicle so it was pleasant for us mm-hmm. going on the highway and for the neighbors so there wasn't mud coming out of the construction site. Sure. You don't really see that much here. You know, that it just was very impressive and that's the way they did everything. Sure. It was very, sure. very impressive culture. A lot of respect. A yeah. lot. And a great reverence. deal of respect. The way you hand a card, the way you receive a card, everything yeah. that you do there is done with great respect. It's a very, very impressive. I'd like to go back. Yeah, I, I will go, and I'd like to send you. I, I'll go. No, I'm kidding. I would. I will. That you heard it here. He doesn't travel, so can we go? I try to save fuel. You know, I it's I don't annoying. want to fly frivolously, but sometimes you must for a job, for something important, right. like a trip to Japan. You know, I'll put it in my carbon budget, honey. Okay, let's plan you it. You heard it here. So, the characters that you play were probably of elevated intelligence, which I clearly don't have, like doctors and things, because it's sort of still stereotypical. I, I think beyond the ethnicity, I, it's just kind of my Demeanor. aura. Yeah. I, I, I kind of play the smart guy in charge with a heart. Yeah. So a lot of times uh, it does happen to be doctors. I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I would trust you. But I play one on TV. Yeah. It's amazing. You you put a lab coat on me and a stethoscope, and you put words in my mouth like he's got a broken metatarsal with a, you know, cranial fracture, and people just think that you're a doctor. Yeah, so. right away. Actually, yeah, I played doctors. Now that is a stretch. Okay, I did. Lawyers and doctors. Give us some tech talk right now, honey. He did. He remembered it. <laughs> Why don't you give us some surgeon. of your lines as a doctor? I Do couldn't tell you. It was too long ago. To I haven't worked in a while. Do you have to keep bringing up the fact that I don't No, work? I'm just curious if you're remembering any of it. It'd okay. be nice to hear some tech talk, some medical <laughs> jargon from you. I, I, I do long for the day that there is no stereotyping, sure. especially for women. Thank you very much. I said it. Yeah, yeah, or older here. women, women of blonde, tall stature. Who are over fifty? Not me, There's of course. There's a suppressed I'm not minority, <laughs> blonde, tall. Do you know what the wow. truth is? Over fifty, we are absolutely. That okay, is well, no that's question. That's just an over fifty stat. I don't think. Yeah, but women don't stop living. Actually, they they actually do better over fifty. They really do because we have gone through a lot. We've weathered a lot of storms, clearly on a daily basis, but we aren't portrayed on television or a film, really. Well, I'll give you a rare compliment. You've aged very well. You look fantastic. <laughs> anyway, 
Now, Laura Dern is a dear friend of mine. I work with her. I've known her since she was actually a very young lady. Tell me, uh, you just did a project with her, didn't you? Yeah, we, we uh, got a film coming out, I think this fall, uh, called The Tale. That, uh, and Laura is the, the star of this film. And it's got a just really phenomenal cast, Elizabeth Debicki and uh, John Hurd. And it's this kind of this, it's based off of a, a real story of a, a documentary filmmaker who her mother calls her one day and, you know, her mother has found a diary and there's some very disturbing things in this diary and the documentary filmmaker goes, no, no, that can't be right. And then the documentary filmmaker decides, well, wait a minute, I'm going to go investigate this, do exactly what I do in my documentaries. I'm going to investigate this diary that I wrote when I was young. And so it kind of follows her as she goes through and uncovers things about her childhood. And wow. so it's actually I want to see life. it. She's so extraordinary. Yeah. That series that she had, I think it was on HBO, wasn't it? Enlightened. Yeah. It was my God. Oh, and she was great in yeah. um, Big, uh, Big Little Eyes. That buzzsaw in the back. Are we? We're putting in a, a, a walkway in the back, which is a. It's eco, okay. It's, yes, it has some recycled materials in it, and most importantly, in this drought area, it's permeable. Permeable. Oh, nice. That's what the word was. I yeah. couldn't. But they're putting it in. Actually, unfortunately, during our conversation, so you can't really hear it, honey. If you're just really? nice and loud, it's buried in the background. You think just, so? Yeah. Okay. Well, nice if you happen to hear it, it's what's what's happening. Yeah, um, but Laura Dern and I did a, a show called Recount to this wonderful oh, nice. uh, yeah. movie for I think that was for HBO as well. Mm -hmm. so, Kevin yeah. Spacey was in it. Yeah, but she was so good in that as she Catherine Harris. Catherine. My, Catherine Harris. Catherine yeah. Harris. That's right. Second. That was the the Attorney General or something. Of uh, yeah of, of um, Florida. Of Florida. Yeah. yeah. Right. Very well done. Jay Roach directed. It was exactly, very very yeah. Yeah. Right. I but like you that show. you work with John Hurd. Yes. Yeah. How is John? Oh, John's just a sweetie. Just, Isn't he? Yeah. Anyway, we look forward to that. Is that a, is that a feature or is it an HBO or what is it? Where you know, it? right now, I, um, when I last spoke with the producers, you know, they were trying to look at maybe a Toronto or a Telluride Film Festival kind of uh, premiere. So it is a, it's, it's a film. So it's, it's a, a feature it's film. It's a feature film. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. Good, good luck, luck with that. Yeah. Well, thank with you. you guys in it. I know it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Just looking at your resume here, and you are a busy man. You have uh, Grey's Anatomy. So you're recurring on Grey's Anatomy? In theory, I, I was uh, I, I shot an episode. I was pinned for another. According to my manager and agent, they want to bring me back, but I have yet to be brought back. So I'm part of the staff um, at the hospital. I see you. I see you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm on. I'm recurring on Days of Our Lives. And do you Days of Our Lives? Do you have to memorize a lot of dialogue? Yes, and you get one take. I it's know. It's just one take. One take. You get one rehearsal, and then one take, and then it's. You you're better know the next your lines. Scene. They yeah. don't have that teleprompter running anymore. They do not. Do they? they do not. Yeah. They and then I, and then I was also uh, just recently out in a studio feature film. Uh, called The Space Between Us with Gary Oldman. Oh, oh I love him. He's such and, a wonderful actor. Yeah, yeah. So you, like, uh, came here, had been a journalist, decided to start acting, and now you're successful. I think that's the attitude. You sort of go, I do this, I do that, it's not that big a deal. That's the attitude. That's good. 
Thank you. Yeah, because whatever you're doing, it's working. Well, thanks. You know, so you go back and forth, but your primary residence is Denver? It is right now, yeah. Uh, my lovely bride, Lori, and I have uh, two lovely children, uh, four-footed children. Uh, four-footed? Cor- four-footed children called uh, Corgi Pups named Merlot and Pino. Great. And yeah. are they twins? They are not twins. No, oh. uh, Merlot is... Uh, Merlot, after the wine. Is our, is our oldest. She is, uh, she's nine, and Pino just turned nine. So you like wine, is that what you're saying? Uh, my lovely bride loves wine. Okay. So, yeah. Did you get that that was wine, Pinot and Merlot? Yes, honey. I know okay. that those are wines. Just... You know that they're dogs, right? You got yeah. that part, right? When we, no. When, when we meet I didn't get ki- the dog part. When we meet kids, we just say, uh, they're named after grapes. <laughs> okay. You mean they're dogs? I yes. thought they were animals, right? They are. Oh. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I thought well, you had well. missed that important part. I they're did. Four-legged, you missed honey. the wine, and I... No, I didn't miss the wine part. I understood right, that clearly, honey, but I so can tell you didn't tell they're talking. Four-legged. <laughs> you probably legged. have four-footed, four-footed, four-footed children. They're yes. both, and are they twins? No. That, okay, so now it's I making I knew the twins thing. I was starting to frighten <laughs> you. I thought I'd bring you back up to speed. Well, so you have dogs. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. And your what does your wife do? She kind of does a couple things right now. She works in unscripted programming for HGTV and Food Network shows. So she flies all across the country uh, directing those types of projects. Um, And she's uh, lately got into narrative uh, filmmaking, so she's a screenwriter. Is she in your short? Uh, she uh, actually. Did you put your wife in your short? Just tell me you did. Just to you know, me. actually, I, I I did not. However, uh, we have kind of a filmmaking company, and she actually directed and wrote the previous two shorts. Okay. So is she, is she an actress? She's actually quite talented, um, but I don't think she wants to pursue on camera. Probably smart. Yeah. When I directed an NYPD Blue, I put you in it. No, you didn't put me in it. I auditioned How three did... times. She directed, no, okay, so two. I had to audition twice. For one part, I didn't get. Well, you weren't right for that. I was right for it. They wanted you. I fought against you. <laughs> and the second time, they prevailed. They wanted you again, and I went, no, please. We have enough time we together to at the throw house. Her a bomb. Please. Yeah, I know. So you got lucky. And you cast Octavia Spencer as my sidekick. How lucky was I yeah, to get yeah, her yeah. early in her she career? She made me look good. Everyone, wow, she's wow. so wonderful. Ed, what yeah. a great director. No, it's Octavia like Spencer. Well, we have, don't worry do about sp- Rochelle. We got Octavia. She won't even like be in the room if Octavia's in the room. Right? That's what you were You were both, for. I'll say something that's true. You were both wonderful in small, relatively small parts. You were both honest and wonderful and present. It was very good work for you and her both. Thank you. Okay. So I know, yeah. Now, have you ever thought of mediation? Or no, I'm kidding. You're such a good listener. I I think we've come to a really nice. uh, I think we have. Yes, that's all the time we have today. That's all the time we have for you, honey. We're going to keep talking. We have some things to discuss here. So if you want to just go whip something up in a kitchen. Yeah. That, that would be. You would not want. That is Actually, I'm the cook in the yeah, household. Oh, That's that okay. joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you, so environmentally, because, you know, we do talk about that here sometimes. What's your feeling? Do you think it's a good thing? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, my lovely bride and I installed solar panels on our house, I think, Great. about three years ago. Oh, good for you. And the city of Denver just came out with a um, composting program. And That's great. Actually, we're, we're actually pretty astonished at how little actually goes now into 
the trash bin between the recycling. You have like a black bin for trash and then a blue bin, for um, recycling and green for green waste or something like that. Yeah, something like that. For, for recycling, it's actually purple. Purple, sure. So Great. But, but yeah, it's, it's really amazing. It's like, oh man, we hardly throw anything away anymore. You can divert so much from that landfill by doing it that way, getting the green waste in one and the recyclables in another, and then the trash can be a relatively small container these days for us and you guys, and yeah. that's good for you. Do you know how many watts of solar you have on your roof? We have a 5.5. That's a very nice system. And Did you uh, buy it or lease it? We are buying. Good for you. Yeah, and uh, so I think last year, I'm, my wife always jokes that I'm always checking it every single day. I that's am too. It. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. But yeah, I think last year it generated about 93, 94% of our entire electrical bill. That's fantastic. And uh, I think uh, in the future when I get an electric car, I'd like to maybe, con we still have a little bit of real estate on the, on the garage roof and maybe put up panels there to generate entirely for the car. That's what I did because I knew I was going to be charging my electric car. So rather than mm -hmm. five or six that I knew would run this house, I put up nine, hoping oh, that sure. would be enough to run the house and charge the car, and it was until she wanted a pool, and then we put in this pool that had not only a pool pump and ozone, so now I'm using some city power. I'm using about $16 a month because of Rochelle, Always. just so we're clear. I'm just, it's all I, her I just fault. bleed him dry. It's my goal in life. It's true, right. but that's still not bad. I'm being a little bit no, it's amusing ridiculous. here. It's not bad to run a house, charge a car, and run this uh, dream pool of yours. Yeah. With all of that, 16 bucks a month isn't bad. Yeah. Do you ski? I no longer. Okay, no I don't longer. either because it's no. just too dangerous. <laughs> I, I loved it I, though. I, I, I try to avoid things that uh, involve impact these yeah. days. Yeah. 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 Doctor with yeah, a broken leg. Yeah, you catch an edge and go into a tree. It, it'll change your whole day. Yeah, oh. it really will. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm just curious because, you know, Denver is so close to great skiing. It's fabulous skiing. Yeah. Fabulous skiing. And I'm hopeful one of these days that they'll get some kind of mass transit that goes up there because uh, it, it's... Uh, there's a lot of cars on the road now to go yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That'd be a, a great idea. I hope they do that to get some mass transit up there because, yeah. It that can would be, cut it can down be... on your, your ozone pollution. Oh, certainly. Or wouldn't Absolutely. It? And, okay, so I don't, I don't want to be stereotypical, but um, do you eat sushi? No, I'm kidding. It's just here diet. Wow. I'm just, I know. Wow. That was just, okay. It was just, I was just making a joke. Do you eat, what, what is your diet? Doesn't say sushi though. I had sushi. Diet, I, I, I like eating light normally. Really? Yeah. Do you like hike or anything since you're like in, you know, mountain We do town? a lot of hiking and then I, um, we're, we're getting into cycling season. So usually at least You're a bike a, rider? Yeah. Me too. Yeah, at least once a week. I love to ride my bike. That's great. I'm mountain or road? Uh, right now, road. Again, I try to avoid things that inherently have yes. uh, a potential impact to it. I'm not riding my mountain bike anymore. I'm either doing stationary or on the road because it's just uh, started to feel a little sketchy up there on some of the trails. Sure. So maybe it's my age. I'm not sure what, but I, I've slowed down the mountain biking. Yeah. You're a smart man. Yeah, and, and kind of where I'm at is I just like going out. It doesn't even, I don't have to go fast. I just like going and and losing myself for about three or four hours. And you feel so good afterwards. That endorphin oh, yeah. rush is so wonderful. Absolutely. At some point in the ride, doesn't, you don't have to wait till the ride is over. During it, you, you, know, you get that great high you have from the wind going through your hair and you know, the road going by. And uh, 
and that great feeling of that wonderful workout. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's a great treat for me. Wait a yeah. minute, say that again. Wind going through your hair? My hair, my beautiful waving <laughs> hair. It's waving goodbye. Okay. There, Couldn't I just resist. did the joke Couldn't before resist. she could. But anyway, um, um, anyway, Scott, we really appreciate you coming here today. Well, thanks and for having me. Where can um, our listeners learn more about you? Well, you can uh, go to my uh, active website at uh, scottteketa.com. That's S-C-O-T-T. T-A-K-E-D-A dot com. I'm also on Twitter at, at Scott Takeda. And uh, you can see my photography at uh, scottteketaphotography.com. Great. Yeah. So you, do you tweet? I do. I was actually going to, I was thinking of tweeting about this before we actually did this. I, I didn't actually end up. Uh, so you'll be tweeting about it afterward. But I'll be tweeting yes. afterwards. We will Absolutely. too. Yeah. If I knew really how to tweet, to I would be here, tweeting. Scott. Yeah. Great to I'm meet you. Thank you. Anyway. Yeah, I've seen you in films. You're wonderful, and it's really a great honor to meet you. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Scott, thank you again for being here. So great to have you on the show. Let's share some of the takeaways from this conversation. Storytelling is a noble profession. It's having a resurgence today, and I think that's important to note. You have these great shows like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and House of Cards, and I think storytelling is at an all-time high. I think it is, and, and in non-scripted, too. You know, you always had uh, 60 Minutes, but now you have programs like Vice. Vice, and wonderful show, and talking about environmental issues right. that are very important to all Topical of us. Storytelling is essential to good journalism. And it really connects us all. It shows... You know, the bottom line is we all want the same things for ourselves and for our loved ones. Yeah. Number two, biking might lead to some wonderful career choices. Look at Scott, what he's doing with his career. He's working like crazy and me too. Common denominator, we're both bike riders. I guess I have to join, huh? Two of you, Maybe you're working you like crazy. Yeah, like Start I could get a job. Start riding a bike. I've been, I bought a bicycle. How many times have you ridden that bicycle? Once, Be honest. Once, literally, once. in six years. But it's not because I don't want to. Every day I think about it. I just, some, something well, keeps me from it. Well, that's the start. It's but, like carrying that gym membership card around. You can kind of curl that card and get a little bit of exercise maybe lifting it up and down. If I can get an acting job, clearly it's working Then you won't you have any time. You say, I can't ride a bike now. I'm busy acting. How dare you? It's going to ruin my makeup. You think an acting job is going to be the catalyst to ride I don't your bike? Know. It, Get listen, on the bike and ride it, for God's sake, okay, would you please? I guess you just have to have a little faith. Get on the bike and something will happen. Number three, a culture of respect is good in every way for a country and a people. Going to Japan, I saw that wonderful respect that people showed everybody from every part of the economic strata, and that's something I think we need more than ever in this world, and certainly uh, locally here in our neck of the woods. As much respect for people uh, as you can possibly muster. I, I think it just makes things better in every way. Well, that's all we've got for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed. And join us next week for one of my actual very best friends, Nancy Allen, will be coming here and sharing her illustrious career and now what she's doing with her life, giving back to the planet. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We have new episodes every Tuesday. Do a little bit, do a lot, just do something today and tell us what you did. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.